world's rat race, and it's really hard to win a race with a desk strapped to your back. We will look back one decade from today, and we'll look at how much the Internet had changed our lives since the inception to today. And you'll look at the impact of the Internet of Everything, and I predict to you that you will see it will be five to ten times more impactful in one decade than the whole Internet to date has been. Our education system has mined our minds in the way that we strip-mined the earth for a particular commodity. And for the future, it won't serve us. We have to rethink the fundamental principles on which we're educating our children. And the only way we'll do it is by seeing our creative capacities for the richness they are and seeing our children for the hope that they are. And our task is to educate their whole being so they can face this future. By the way, we may not see this future, but they will. And our job is to help them make something of it. Thank you very much. We have a huge opportunity in front of us. But it takes having the courage to dream what's possible. And today we're going to bring on a number of examples where you will see not theoretical talking or talking in concepts, but the actual results we get in the city, the actual results you get in a digital home, what is really capable on bringing this to life for countries and directions. Nobody has a clue, despite all the expertise that's been on parade for the past four days, what the world will look like in five years' time. And yet we're meant to be educating them for it. So the unpredictability, I think, is extraordinary. And the third part of this is that we've all agreed, nonetheless, on the really um, extraordinary capacities that children have. Hello and welcome to The Journey, your radio show, hosted by Neville D'Angelo, author of A Soundbite Life and Flight of the Fused Monkeys a PRG Emerging Technologies Forum keynote speaker and founder of Rio Sports. I am Joseph Ellison. Enjoy! Along the journey, we stop at intriguing places and meet fascinating people with novel solutions to some of life's tricky questions. And we play a few games and track the remarkable characters of three classic books, A Soundbite Life, Flight of the Fused Monkeys, and Illicet, A Time to Begin Again all of which can be found on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Technology 101, the Internet of Everything. In our introductory technology episode of Season 2, Joseph Ellison escorted us into the Consumer Electronic Show, CES. He is back to give us some more, more of what's exciting, and what some might consider quite frightening. Yes, we've only just begun. I am Neville. Welcome back. What really begins to get me excited is not that we're going to have 10 billion 
connections today of devices going to 50 billion, going to 500 billion. Because the way you used to measure the effectiveness of a network was the number of devices squared was its power. It's the applications that go on this that will change. 10 billion devices in 2014 will have 77 billion downloads of applications. And we're just taking small baby sets with only a small percentage of the world, 1%, really participating. Occasionally, I think back to that first moment when fire was spotted, then to that person who first figured out how to get a fire started. It is only a rumor. I wasn't there. At times, I feel like I was there, but I wasn't. I can imagine the moment, though. Like you, I have a vivid imagination. I visualize what the various reactions were at those two moments. What were eyeballs doing? How were those heartbeats? What were those discussions? I imagined them. Mind you, there were only a handful of people scattered back then. So what were those first two days like, two months, two years? Have you ever imagined it? They didn't have calendars back then. <laughs> they didn't have clocks. Imagine it. Fire. I can picture those who were arguing about how catastrophically dangerous it is. And it didn't take long for them to have good proof. I can picture those arguing how remarkably useful it is. And soon, they too found their proof. So what were the discussions like? Who gets to control fire? Who gets to own it? Who gets to be denied access to it? What did God have to say about the whole matter? <laughs> I just try to imagine it. I imagine that day someone looking at a stone being rolled down the hill or a tree being rolled. I imagine some little girl or some little boy looking on and suddenly they get an epiphany. Wow, transportation. There's a wheel. Perhaps you imagine it differently, but I raise this in part to say there's always going to be a newer technology. And I raise this in part to say, just around the corner from now, these moments will seem as primitive as the day the first wheel was visualized. But we will have to wait that long to find out. I had a great story recently, uh, I love telling it, of a little girl who was uh, in a drawing lesson. She was six, and she was at the back drawing, and the, the teacher said, this little girl hardly ever paid attention. And in this drawing lesson, she did. And uh, the teacher was fascinated. She went over to her and she said, what are you drawing? And the girl said, I'm drawing a picture of God. And the teacher said, but nobody knows what God looks like. And the girl said, they will in a minute. <laughs> when... <laughs> During our introductory episode, I mentioned that along our technology segments, we will engage a number of fascinating health, wealth, life, business, and relationships issues that will be transformed by our march forward. We're just touching the tip of the arrow, as it were, at the moment. Welcome back, Joe. Joe, where are you taking us at this stop along our journey? We wanted to talk about the the difference and the, the divergence of where we're going as far as 
the mobile technology, especially with uh, with wearable technology, and of course also the advent of like tablets and yeah. things like that at, at work and things like that, and how much our cell phones can do and all this versus uh, the static, um, you know, you have your machine at home that you do things with and, and what have you. And as I was thinking about it, I think it actually reflects that wonderful um, duality that we have going on in, in the human existence where, you know, right now we're so used to having everything now as far as, you know, the wearable technology, you know, we want to you know, look at our sleeve and see how the weather's doing mm-hmm. or or uh, especially in the working world, I, I did a commercial recently uh, in practice mm-hmm. uh, for the Microsoft Surface, and I thought um, it's, I, I made something, some sort of joke as to the effect of uh, they say the, the, the working world's a rat race, and it's really hard to win a race with a desk strapped to your back, and that's why <laughs> the Windows Surface is, is right. a thing. Right. And so we have this, this need to be on the move and to have... Uh, the information that we want or the work done that we want as quickly as possible mm-hmm. and while we're doing other things, of mm-hmm. course, uh, despite you know all these studies that multitasking doesn't do so great for you after all. Um, but I still think every one of us has that desire to have a home mm-hmm. and to have a place where we can sit and where we have our computer and where we have our TV and where we have mm-hmm. this thing that stays there all the time mm-hmm. And, and and we can rely on it. And I still think at this point, um, we're getting further away from it, but I still think at this point, we're at a place where some of our mobile technology mm-hmm. does may not necessarily have the same flexibility or the same... Uh, I don't know where I'm getting at it, but it doesn't have that same effect as the things that we have that stay where they are, that mm-hmm. are rooted in that, you know, that the desktop computer that we have. Mm-hmm. Or the uh, the TV or the the game console or whatever that you that you have at home that stays where it's supposed to. So, mm-hmm. I think that's where we are honestly right now. Is we want to have and you know also one thing that that we're seeing a lot is uh, and that sort of corroborates that idea is how much connectivity we have between those two things. Mm-hmm. Uh, to, to borrow a gaming example, for example, the the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One both have that second screen capability. Mm-hmm. If you have a phone, if you have a tablet that op- that can still use that same operating system, you can send things from your Xbox to your to to your uh, your left to your laptop or your what have you. And so there's that connectivity, and they wanted that. Mm-hmm. Of course, it's because you'll now you're walking away with something that still has that brand name and what have what have you on it, and you're still thinking about it and all this noise. But there's all that connectivity, and I think that's uh, an, an interesting thing between the mobile and the, the static yeah. as, as far as uh, technology goes. Now, as far as do I think perhaps that we will lose the static with, this, uh, with the emphasis that we have on the mobile, yeah. only if the mobile can provide for us that same feeling of home that same feeling of being in one place uh, and of uh, that having a home item can have. But don't you think we'll get there? I mean, even in the home, you're yes. moving around the home. Yes, and you're still using your, right, right, yeah, you're right. still using your cell phone. Right, right, using, right, uh, right. <laughs> it, it does have that, and um, I do think that eventually we'll get there, but that also entails that... 
um, our home technologies will not change, I think, as, as we move along. Because, um, yes, eventually the things that we have that are mobile, the technology that we have on us that is mobile, mm -hmm. might change to become what we have it for at home. You mm -hmm. know, I have a TV on my arm or whatever so mm -hmm. that I can watch TV that, like I do right now at home. Mm -hmm. um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that as that changes, that our static home things uh, technology will not change in purpose and, you know, what we use it for, mm -hmm. uh, which could, can still be, I think, a, a very interesting thing, um, especially with, you know, cloud storage and, and things like that moving along. Mm -hmm. um, and with the advent of so many, uh, I mean, I think you were, you were talking about all the screens that mm -hmm. we have at home, and there's more. <laughs> the, uh, CES, they had a, uh, a refrigerator now with oh, a screen ahead, on it. That's a really interesting thing, right. and admittedly when I saw it, I was like, man, just stop putting screens on things, please, because there's part of me that, you know, that <laughs> thinks that's a little ridiculous. Right. Not that, again, if I were not gifted one, I would immediately do everything I could with that screen. And, and, but um, there, there's screens there, and then we'll, we'll probably, I would love to see some sort of coffee table screen or whatever that you can start playing with and things like that. So there's screens everywhere. And, um, with that change, and again, with that change in possibly in the, the mobile technology, mm -hmm. uh, I'd like to see what happens to our home things, what, what purpose they will serve uh, differently. There's an app, I believe, on some smartphones that uh, scared me a little bit, admittedly, that can control your house, that mm -hmm. you can unlock your door mm -hmm. with it, or, you know, I guess... Uh, for the forgetful one in all of us, turn off your oven or, you know, things to that effect. And the reason I say it scares me is because specifically in the commercial for it, they say, oh, your daughter is locked out of the house and you're at work. You can't go get her now. Just unlock your door. Wow. And, um, <laughs> yeah, and that's, that is one of the scary things that mm -hmm. I see coming mm -hmm. in, in, the, in a world where a lot of stuff lays on your smartphone mm -hmm. that you have. Mm -hmm. uh, so now your house can open with mm -hmm. your smartphone. Um, I was looking, and uh, I mentioned it in my show, uh, they said something, uh, Huffington Post put out an article, five technologies that we think will be dead within the next five years. And one of them that they mentioned was your car keys. Mm -hmm. Because there are so many cars that, of course, have pushed to start when you get in the car, or um, that can start with your, your phone or what have you. Speaking of uh, push to start, uh, I had the wonderful uh, privilege of trying out the Chevy Volt, their electric car, and that one was push to start. That is actually the first ever uh, push to start car I've ever gotten in. Mm -hmm. And it was very interesting because you can't tell that that thing is on. Mm -hmm. Because the, the way you start it is you press your foot down into the, uh, the brake pedal and then you press the button and then you can feel this sort of rumble from the car and then you can push the, the pedal all the way down. That's the only way you know it's on because mm -hmm. it is literally without sound. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it was very interesting, but again, kind of frightening in essence. But... Again, so all of these things that rely on your phone, and 
uh, I know uh, one of the exciting things that I liked was that it's called. It was during its development called the Fly Cly. Now it's called the Copenhagen Wheel, and it is a wheel that you can basically use to make any bicycle an electric bicycle. All you have to do is replace the back wheel with this wheel, mm-hmm. and it will electrically propel you uh, wherever it is that you'd like to go. Mm-hmm. And it hooks up again to your smartphone. Um, and so now, why would it hook up to your smartphone? What would that yeah. is part of its control. That's how you interface with the wheel, so you can tell it how fast you want to well, go, got it, got you. and it can tell you uh, how much battery life it has, things of that nature, if it's mm-hmm. fully charged and what, what, what have you. So um, the fear that I have is when you rest all of your things on that, what happens when you lose right, it? Right, what happens right, when it malfunctions right, and things right, like that? Right. And a kind of disturbing um, thing that I'm seeing happen a lot is this desire for the one-stop shop in near everything <laughs> and it's you know you want to you, we have our smartphones now so now we can look at the weather we can look at the news we can uh, of course take phone calls and listen to music and play games and all these things on this singular device mm-hmm. and uh, you know we have all of these abilities that we have on this singular device and when this singular right. device breaks right. then right. it's a problem right. and so um, when you rest all those things on there it when it goes away or worse when it is taken from you by someone right. that doesn't that's need it. Yeah. And that's, that's much scarier, especially mm-hmm. you know with people that have their banking information mm-hmm. on their phone, mm-hmm. with people that have the ability to unlock their house from their, car, from their phone, to yeah. unlock and start their car from their phone. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's even a smaller, on a smaller scale done even now because, and I've seen it where I work, which we won't mention, but, um, I've seen <laughs> it where uh, women especially, and it's not to be sexist, it's just mm-hmm. where I've seen it, mm-hmm. Uh, they like to have the little wallet thing where it's a case for your phone and on the back of it you can put your credit cards and your money and there's even a little key fob for you to put your keys on it. Mm-hmm. And my issue with that, and I've even said it on my show, is that means I reach into your purse once and I own your life. Oh, boy. And I have everything mm-hmm. that you, you know. Now, are there security technology people that are looking at these issues and trying to figure out how we could um, mitigate against I'm certainly sure that that's that's happening because Mm -hmm. clearly this would not exist if they were if they thought it was so easy to get in get into and the issue that that scares me there is that yes there will certainly be security things in Mm -hmm. place I'm sure that they're they're already there there may be some way that you can't start your car without a certain code or or excuse me the same thing with your house or you know things like that I'm sure there are security measures in place, but there are also people whose <laughs> entire design in life is to break those security right, things. Right, right. Uh, we saw it with the iPhone 5 when it first came out, mm. uh, and everybody hated the new um, operating system, both because mm. they thought it looked ugly or the little uh, 3D thing in the background made them sick. And, mm-hmm. and of course, all of these are minor things that you can turn off, but there were major security scares going on. Um, with uh, the thumbprint, especially, I think that specifically came out for the 5S. I don't think it came out for the uh, the C, the cheaper uh, plastic version. But um, the thumbprint scanner, shortly after, two days, I believe, I remember reading it, mm-hmm. after it came out, a German uh, hacking conglomerate said we broke the uh, the thumbprint scanner. Well, let me stop, because that's where I was going to go with the security issue. I was thinking that as soon as we were able to get thumbprint, eye print, voice print yes. uh, working, mm-hmm. then having that one stop gets secure because it's your yes. thumbprint. 
But now, now you're telling me. Yes. Well, tell me about that. Well, uh, Thumbprint, is, I think, is just a bad example. In right. fact, uh, they said, and a few other the hacker people have said, thumbprints and, and fingerprints to that effect aren't the best secure thing just because they're relatively copyable. If you touch anything, they can peel ah, it off or so what have you. Right, right. So, um, Things yeah, like a things right. things like a um, an ocular print or mm -hmm. a vocal print, yes, would be considerably more difficult to break mm -hmm. uh, to begin with. And of course, there are multiple. I feel there would probably be multiple uh, ways to 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 secure the phone, either with uh, you know multiple levels of security. I think, uh, and that also falls to the consumer, right? To some right. extent, is like if you're going to put your car keys on right. your phone, if you're going to put the keys to your house on your phone, you better lock it up. Right. Right? You know, put something on it to where it's not so easy to get to. Right. And so, uh, and that may be honestly a, a unspoken argument by Apple is like, well. Uh, Block this thing up, man. I mean, I don't know what else to tell you. We put a, th a thumbprint scanner and, a, and an automatic lock on that thing, and you can't, you know, it's not entirely our fault. We tried. But, um, but yeah, so that's a scary thing that I saw uh, happening in the in resting all of your, uh, all of our things on uh, a smart device, on a singular uh, device, but that's what we want. Mm -hmm. You know, we want to be able to do all of those things with our phone. And so, um, I would like to see where we go security-wise uh, with that technology because of that fear. Because mm -hmm. surely we're not the only people thinking about this. Right. You know, there are obviously people who want to break into this sort of stuff that are already thinking, well, go ahead and put your car keys on your thing because I'll get your car too. Mm -hmm. Or And then there are, of course, security companies that are trying to circumvent that issue. Mm -hmm. And so um, let's see what happens as mm -hmm. far as that, uh, that security issue goes because I don't think we're going to stop anytime soon with the smart technology, especially because we're starting to see more and more obscure, mm -hmm. kind of entertaining, but it's obscure smart technology, like the smart onesie, like we were saying mm -hmm. uh, last year, the uh, smart fork and spoon. I heard about that, but I never, never got into So tell me about what that, that was, it was, whether it were, is it still going or it's gone. Oh, no, it's, it's certainly it's a thing. And, uh, right, tell me about it. The, it was the Happy Fork, H-A-P-I right, right, Fork, and right. it also came in a spoon. Right. Uh, and its purpose was that it could tell how quickly you were eating. It could tell you know how long it took you to eat, and, of course, the, it could feel how quickly you were moving the fork to your, to your mouth and what have you. And so its function was... Uh, happily, kind of a uh, a nutritious one to make you eat slower. After as if you ate so quickly, it would vibrate to say, "Hey, you know, you need to Slow chill, down, down. you need to chill out a little bit on the uh, on the pizza or whatever." But that was, I mean, it's it's a sh small purpose, mm -hmm. but uh, it's. So did it work? I did. I no, it it, it actually works just. No, no, no. I knew it was working, but yeah. I, I, uh, but did it did it uh, take on uh, or? Um, I. I haven't seen a happy fork. I haven't fork. seen it either. That's uh, that said, um, from what I understand, it got a lot of excitement in mm -hmm. last year's um, CES. It was in the 2013 CES, right. this time around this time last year. And so, again, that said, a lot of things that show up at CES aren't meant to ship for some time. So mm -hmm. they may be in a place where they're looking for money or they're working on other projects that they think are a little more important than a fork that can tell how fast you're eating. Mm -hmm. uh, I know that the same company... Uh, has this year, uh, to some acclaim, put out a smart toothbrush that can tell 
uh, you, you, of course, again, links up to your smartphone, and it can tell you which parts of your mouth you miss, which parts you might need <laughs> a little more effort with, how hard you brushed, how long you brushed, I didn't things know like this. this. And entertainingly, entertainingly enough, the man who uh, invented it did so because he got tired of his children lying to him about how well they brushed their teeth or not, or if they just ran it under the faucet. <laughs> uh, so, so, yeah, so we're seeing more obscure, smart things and so we're not going to stop anytime right. soon, um, but I'm sure that that will be a, a more... So what is behind all the gadgetry? For many of us, it is through our gadgets that we become familiar with newer technology. Quite often, that's what we find ourselves loving and or debating. But it is the scope of our present and our future and how we can position ourselves in what I'd like to refer to as the sweet spot when it comes to life and living that our technology segment is all about. We open today's discussions with takes from the CEO of Cisco, Mr. Chambers, a tech titan, and from renowned educator Sir Ken Robinson's immensely popular TED Talk, You'll find the videos of their full remarks on our technology page. If you go to thejourney.riosports.com, that's thejourney.riosports.com, and select technology from the list of shows, and you will find the, their full remarks and uh, many more useful links and much about the subjects that we will engage uh, on the technology segment. You can also go to the CES webpage to find Mr. Chambers and other tech titans discourse on these matters and to the Tech Talk website to find Sir Ken Robson's most fascinating talk. I encourage you to do so. Joe, I know you will be back. Thank you very much. Will you take us out, please? The Journey is available free on iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, Rio Sports Radio, and several of your favorite internet platforms. Download, embed, and share via any of the social media you love. Check out our other shows on thejourney.riosports.com. Thejourney.riosports.com. See you next week.